The Your Safe Space podcast is recorded on Wurundjeri land. This podcast acknowledges the traditional owners and custodians of the land. Always was, always will be Aboriginal land. Welcome to Your Safe Space, the podcast. I'm your host, Adele Marie, and this podcast is here for you. It is a safe space for us to catch up each week to discuss anything and everything. And on today's show, we are back with an Ask Me Anything on air. That's right. It's AMA on air. It's Friday. Congratulations on making it through another week. Congratulations on getting through July. I can't believe we're nearly at the end of the first month of the financial year. I feel like just last month, it was June 30, EOFI, and All of a sudden I've blinked and now it's July. It's gone super quick and I hate it. I feel like the year is just going faster and faster, but I will give you some guidance about journal prompts and whatnot in the Facebook group. So make sure you check that out if you haven't already. These episodes though are usually our short, sharp, juicy ones. You guys send me in your questions every Monday and I give you my hot take. Now it goes without saying that this podcast is not a replacement for professional mental health help. And if you do need that support, please check the show notes. There's always going to be links in there to assist you. Now, I have a question from last week that I didn't get to because I was running out of time. So I'm going to start with that one and then we'll jump into the rest. It is a long one. So bear with me. It's a little bit juicy too. At the end of last year, I went on a cruise with my friends, my brother, and some of his friends. I've always thought that this one friend of my brother's was attractive and he confessed to me on the cruise that he thought I was too. A friendship between us formed quickly and we may have slept together a couple of times on the cruise. I didn't really think too deeply about it. There was no feelings. It was just a good time. Fast forward to a couple of months, and my living situation was changing. I needed to find a housemate. His lease was over at the same time, so he put his hand up to be my housemate and find a place. We moved in together in February, just as friends. However, with this, we started going to the gym together, and we would hang out quite often. There were even a few dates. We both started to catch feelings, although we both expressed that if this were to progress further, we wanted to take our time. Fast forward four months, though, it hasn't worked out. So now I'm heartbroken, and we have signed a 12-month lease. What do I do? And I just want to give you a hug. I'm so sorry. I feel like this is going to be a super challenging patch of your life and navigating all of the emotions that are going to come up with this are going to be difficult. And I think there's obviously that layer there of you guys living together, which is going to add another level of complexity to it. I'm going to give you some advice, but what I want you to know firstly is that this will pass. And I think I can relate in some circumstances where I've been in a living situation or a relationship breakdown that didn't end the way I wanted and I felt like, how the hell am I going to get through this? But I promise you, you will come out the other side and I promise that this will pass. Now, I do have some tips and I would love for you to trial this out and hopefully get yourself into a better position because I don't know what you're planning to do. And as I said, living together and obviously feeling heartbroken is going to be quite difficult. So firstly, what I think you should do is sit down with him and have a really open and honest conversation about the current state of things and the dynamic. I know that I don't have much context and so I'm not sure if it's amicable or if you guys are still on like talking terms. I hope that you are. My advice is to try and keep it as amicable as possible because at the end of the day, it's both 
your living circumstance or your living situation. And so it's really important that you are both able to feel comfortable and secure in your home despite what's going on between you guys emotionally. And the reason that I suggest a conversation is it's a really good way for you to get some things off your chest, for him to get some things off his chest and just see where things are at because this communication will hopefully allow you some clarity and hopefully allow you to plan next steps. In this conversation, it's probably a very good time to create some boundaries between you. As I said, I don't know the full context of what it's like in the house at the moment, but what does it look like day to day between you? What is the communication like? Are you giving each other physical space so that you can give each other emotional space as well? It might even look like potentially one of you spending time outside of the house or spending time with friends or maybe if you can lean on like family or any other people close to you in this time to provide some support. I say this because it's just so hard when you can't have that like safe feeling where you're living. And so definitely lean on your friends. It's really important that you have people that you can trust and really important that you have people in your corner who understand what's going on. And with that, I find anyway that you actually feel like the load of it or like carrying that weight on your shoulders is lessened because you've got people who understand you, who can provide that advice, who can just listen to you if you don't necessarily want advice. And I always talk about like needing connection, needing people. We definitely do that. We definitely do need that, but we need it more in these times, especially when it's something that's impacting our living situation as well. Now, What I would love for you to do is after you've had this conversation, after there's some boundaries, after you've chatted with friends and family, is to have a think about what you want to do. Because I'm here to tell you that if you want to move out or if you want to break the lease, and obviously I don't know what state you live in, I'm not too sure what the tenancy and like rental rules are where you live, but if you want to get out of that house, you absolutely can. And I know it can be a little bit difficult and probably a more challenging thing to navigate, but have a chat to your property manager. I don't know if you're both on the lease. If you're both on the lease, it would probably require both of you to sign off on taking someone off the lease or getting a new housemate or getting someone to take over, but definitely chat to the property manager, see what your possible plans or your possible next steps could be and really prioritize what is going to be best for your well-being. I know it can be really hard and you almost think, well, what's the point if I do this? It's going to be so difficult. It's going to cause like a huge mess for everyone. Fuck it. Who cares if it causes a mess? Okay. If you're not happy living there, you do need to remove yourself from that situation. The other thing as well, potentially your housemate might want to move out. Potentially they might be happy with you moving out and getting someone in. So there are options out there to make it less expensive, less costly, and less of a headache. As I said, chat to your property manager. I know that when I was in New South Wales and living in Sydney, I broke two leases early. And the first lease I broke early was when I was living with my ex-boyfriend and we both agreed to break the lease at the same time. And we ended up just having to pay, I think it was like four weeks rent. And we just split that between us both. And then we both went on to find different places. I did consider staying in the property for a little bit and then finding someone to take over his part of the lease, but it was going to be too expensive and just worse off for me to do that. 
And then the second time I broke a lease early was with a housemate where we were both on the lease and I broke it early to come back to Melbourne. And my housemate did not want me to break the lease. And because we both had signed it, it was really challenging for me to go through that. But what ended up happening is I moved back and we ended up finding someone to take over my lease in the end. And I just still had to keep paying rent (laughs) until we did it. And I was really grateful and lucky that I could lean on my family in that time. And I don't know what your circumstance is with your family or if you're able to possibly do something like that, but have a chat to the property manager, see what options you have, and then go from there. I also think that once you sort out this living situation, whatever you're going to do with it, you need to then allocate time to heal from this heartbreak or this like pain that you're going through. And I think the situation that you're in is a little bit messy, a little bit complicated. It was probably almost like a pressure cooker too, because I think when you live with someone and you have that dynamic starting to evolve, it can feel a lot more full on than if you're just like dating and seeing each other a couple times a week, like you were seeing each other every single day. And it did really happen quite quickly. So process your heartbreak, process whatever pain you're feeling, allow yourself that time to grieve. Because if you don't, what happens is you suppress it and it'll come back down the track. And the whole living situation is going to be really busy and really challenging and a lot for you to deal with. And so it might suppress it for a little bit, but that's why it's really important that you carve out some time that you can feel that pain, work through whatever's coming up with the breakup, and then hopefully heal and move on to your next chapter of life. Good luck. I'm sending you so much love. It's okay to feel sad. It's okay to feel disappointed. It's okay for things to have not worked out. I know that we can also beat ourselves up in these circumstances, but I think once your pain passes, you'll be able to take some lessons from this moving forward. But for right now, I think you just have to let yourself feel the pain so you can process and move through it and sort out that living situation in the way that's best for your well-being. Good luck to you. I will have a thread up in the Facebook group for this episode. And if anyone has been in the same situation and wants to shed some evidence or experience for this listener, please go in and do that. Okay, question number two. What are your thoughts on an expensive hens party? I want to go to my friend's hens, but I can't justify spending so much money. And I can relate and I can empathize with this listener because hens parties are so bloody expensive. And I actually went back to a hens that I went to. It was over a year ago in Sydney. And I calculated how much I spent and I'll tell you in a second, but I feel like when you have a wedding, any event that's associated with the wedding is really expensive. You've got the hens. Sometimes you also have a bridal shower or a kitchen tea. Sometimes you may have a destination wedding. Sometimes you've just got the actual wedding and things can become quite expensive quite quickly. I also think there's another layer to it as well, where if you're a bridesmaid or if you're the maid of honor, things can also become quite pricey for you too. Now, as I just said, I went to a hens in Sydney last year. It was for one of my good friends and I had the best time I could afford to go. And it was in the Hunter Valley, but I went back and I calculated everything, right? So I didn't add my flights into this because I had to go to Sydney for a couple of like PR events anyway. So I was already there, but between the Ubers, the food for the weekend, the drinks for the weekend, the accommodation, the wine tour, and a dinner out, I spent nearly $700. And I was like, shit, I didn't even realize I spent that much because I had paid for the accommodation ages ago. 
I had put money aside for the wine tour and transferred that at different points because we had a group chat for the hands. But I was like, wow, I did not realize that I spent so much on one weekend. And I think obviously that was like over three or four days. So if we divide the 700 by three or four days, is it really that expensive? It's neither here nor there. I could afford it. So I was happy to do it and I didn't want to miss out on it. I also have another hands later this year where I know it's going to be a couple of hundred dollars. So I think depending on what's planned, they can be really expensive and it can be really hard to navigate, especially in times like this where money is a little bit tighter, interest rates are rising, inflation is happening, the cost of living is going up. And so that money or your financial situation may have changed too. Obviously, Whenever I've RSVP'd in the past, I just want to say I'm not talking badly about any of my friends' hens who I've gone to or I'm going to, but whenever I've RSVP'd in the past, it's been okay for my financial situation and that's why I've been able to go on and do it. And my hot take on this, and some brides may not agree with me, but my take on it is that your financial situation comes before the hens and... I say that because you shouldn't be putting yourself into a worse situation just so you can attend something like this. And if it does work for you or it does work for your budget, amazing, go have a good time. But if it doesn't work for your budget or it's going to leave you in a worse position, why would you do that? And so I'm going to unpack this a little bit more because I feel like people listening might be able to relate, especially if you've got a lot of friends getting married at the same time and you've got hens after hens after hens. But this is my approach to it and what I like to do. So the first thing I do is to weigh up my budget and my financial goals. And I sit down and I look, can I actually afford this truthfully? Obviously, everyone's financial situation is going to be different. The hens that you're going to is going to be different. This listener here, it sounds like you've already done that because you said, I can't justify spending so much money. So you may have already looked at your situation and thought, I actually can't do this because it's going to be a little bit tight or it's going to leave me worse off. And I know it's really hard because you might feel like, well, what if my friend thinks I don't care or what if the bride thinks I don't care, but there is a way to navigate it in a effective way with some communication. So that's my next tip, communicate it. Usually I feel like the hens is organized by the bridesmaids or like friends of the bride. And so if you can communicate this to them and let them know that like you're interested in being a part of it, but you just can't afford like what they're asking, is there another way for you to still be a part of it or have a part of the hens? A hens that I'm going to is really, I think, effective at this in a good way because what they've done is there's a few parts of the hens that people that are invited can opt in or opt out of and like each part is like a different cost and there's a few different levels there of like commitment or buy-in and I really like that because I feel like then the people that are invited can say oh I'll just come to like part one or I'll come to part two or I'll come to part three. Obviously I don't know what's been organized for your situation but is there a way for you to do that? Is there a way for maybe you to just attend a portion or to do something for the bride in a different way if you can't do that. So again, obviously the bride may not be organizing the hens and may be pretty busy in the lead up to their wedding, but is there a way for you to honor the bride or honor the hens separately? That doesn't cost you as much money and still is like a symbol or way for you to show that you care. Obviously, the thing I'll say with that though is just make sure that it's within your budget and it's something that you genuinely want to do. But my last bit of advice is don't feel guilty. I know it's really hard, but your financial well-being does come first and your friends or genuine friends are not going to be mad or be bothered 
if you honestly say to them, hey, I really want to come, I really care for you, or I really care for the bride, but I just can't afford this right now. I'm not in the best financial position to afford this right now. I don't think any genuine friend is going to turn around and be like, well, you're a shit friend. I just I just can't see that happening. And if they do, I'm going to say, maybe have a look if you do want to go to the wedding and if you do want to keep this friendship, because honesty goes a long way. Communication goes a long way and good friends will respect and understand your decision, especially when it comes to like your financial position. Good luck. Again, if anyone else has navigated this in the group, please share, let us know what you did and good luck to this listener. I'd love to know how it goes if you're comfortable sharing. On to question number three, and this is our last question for the show. This guy and I were friends with benefits, but we have just ended things because I lied about seeing another guy. Do you think I was in the wrong and can you help me navigate through this feeling? And yes, girl, I can help you. (laughs) I have such strong thoughts on this and I have to be honest, this question kind of stumped me for a little bit and I was like flipping, flopping on like (laughs) what I wanted to say about it. And what I think I might do is for people listening who don't know, Friends with Benefits or FWB, that's what this listener wrote, is no strings attached. It's usually very casual. It is a like sexual agreement and there's usually no exclusivity, no commitment. And it's just very like low buying. Like there, there isn't anything kind of more to it. It's just an arrangement where you're both having like your intimate and like physical needs met. Maybe not even intimate needs because I feel like intimacy is deeper than friends with benefits. But this goes without saying, if you are in a friends with benefits or you are wanting to get into a friends with benefits, please practice safe sex. Please get tested regularly. I'm always going to tell you guys that. Don't be silly. Look after your sexual health. And I also don't know the nitty gritty of this listener's insight. And she did send me a DM, but she didn't put any more into it. And I wish you did. But for me, if you're friends with benefits with someone, I'm assuming that there is no expectation of exclusivity and that there is no commitment from either side. That's just my assumption. The part that made me do the double take though, or made me question anything is the part where you said, because I lied about seeing the other guy. I don't think you did anything wrong by seeing the other guy, but I think the lying part maybe like caught me off guard a little bit. Now, I also feel like if I just make it black and white and say lying is bad, then that kind of just like squashes it and flattens it too because I feel like it's not black and white. I feel like it's gray because like technically on paper, as I said, by you seeing the other guy, I don't think you did anything wrong. If you're friends with benefits with someone, that to me is like you're still single. (laughs) Like fuck, you can do whatever you want, right? But I think if you've then been asked about it or lied about it, that's like a different part. And so I'm still like flippy floppy on it. And I don't think I have a clear answer here, but in my brain, I am thinking like, you were just friends with benefits. Do you owe that honesty? Do you owe that honesty to a friends with benefits? I don't think so. But then I also personally don't like lying. And so, yeah, I don't know if you are in the wrong. (laughs) I don't think it matters if I think you're in the wrong. I think it matters if you think you're in the wrong. I also feel like as for this guy, like I don't want to assume things about him and I almost did, but I don't think that's healthy for me to theorize, right? Because he could very well be upset. He could have definitely ended this because, yeah, he was upset that you lied or maybe upset that you were seeing somebody else. But again, it's like, well, you were just friends with benefits. So like, why was he upset? Humans are complex. Humans, lots of things can be true, okay? But 
what I want to do is give you some guidance so that you can help navigate and move yourself through it because yeah, you're obviously maybe feeling some guilt or feeling some emotions that are uncomfortable. And I could tell by the way you wrote the message to me, but I want you to know that it's going to be okay. I don't think this is worth beating yourself up over. And my advice is to firstly sit with what you're feeling. So journal if you would like, or just have a moment to label the emotions that are coming up for you. If you need some help with that, just quickly Google the emotion wheel. It's like that wheel that has all the emotions on it that will tell you this is what you could be feeling. And that way you're able to label it, articulate it, name it. We can't process something or move through it unless we label it, we verbalize it, we give it oxygen. Okay. So give it some airtime, write down what you're feeling. Once you have done that, reflect on the situation. Do you think that you did something wrong? What did you want from the friends with benefits situation in the first place? What worked well in that dynamic for you? What didn't work well? Really assess what situation you just came out of. What communication worked well with your friends with benefits? What communication didn't work well? Do things need to be clearer possibly the next time? And ultimately, I really just want you to write down some lessons you can possibly take from this and use it for your future endeavors or your next friends with benefits. I don't know if you'll want to go into another friends with benefits maybe after this situation. If you do, at least you can go in prepared with that awareness. And then lastly, I want you to forgive yourself because yes, okay, maybe you may have made a mistake in lying. As I said, I personally don't think you did the wrong thing by seeing someone else because friends with benefits means you're single in my head, but maybe the lying was the mistake. But allow yourself that grace. I'm always going to come on here with self-compassion. I'm never going to like beat you guys up or tell you to beat yourself up. Like, no, we are learning. We make mistakes. We're not fucking perfect. You may have made a mistake in this circumstance. That's okay. You are allowed to forgive yourself and move forward. Give yourself that permission. And as I said, take those lessons and then move forward and learn from it for the future. Good luck. I hope that you move through it. As I said, as I always say, periods like this and things like this will pass. So just hang in there and write it out. All right, guys, we're going to wrap the show here. As always, I'm so grateful for you listening. If you haven't, please leave us a review on Apple, a rating on Spotify, and come join the Facebook group. It's your Safe Space Podcast community. Follow us on Instagram, your Safe Space Pod. There are two giveaways running before I leave for Europe, and they're going to be jam-packed because there's something exciting happening. And I'll tell you about that on Sunday's episode. All right, bye, guys. I'll see you on Sunday. Oh,